You're listening to Eye on the Ball with Steve Rivera. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm your host, Steve Rivera. Welcome to the week. Thank you, Tom Callahan, for being with me. It's the old uh, from the Rivera residence. How you doing, Tom? I'm doing okay, Steve. How about yourself? I'm fine, thank you. Welcome to today's show. We'll talk about a lot of different things. And in fact, I have uh, Ed Vosberg in uh, at 6:15, former major leaguer, Tucsonan, uh, one of the only guys, I think, three or four guys to win the Little League World Series, the College World Series, and a real World Series. Although those are also real, but the uh, Major League World Series. So he'll be on about 6:15. We'll talk about. Uh, Baseball coming back at some point, how long it takes to get ready, stuff like that. And then I know he's a big UA fan. We'll talk about UA as it stands right now. So looking forward to that. Uh, Tom, what's going on over there? Uh, Not much, Steve. I'm just trying to catch up on what news there is in the sports world. Unfortunately for uh, IFL fans, the Tucson Sugar Skulls season was canceled today, so uh, bad news there. But uh, the the league announced it'll be a 16-game season next year to kind of help teams try to recoup the losses. But if you're an indoor football fan, kind of a bummer day today uh, to know that the season has been canceled for this year. Yeah, in fact, that story came out yesterday. Uh, we had it on our site. Uh, doesn't it sound kind of weak? Not weird. Uh, nothing sounds weird anymore. If no. It does, <laughs> you haven't been paying attention. But we had uh, Sugar Skulls co-owner Kevin Guy on the show last week, and he was pretty, I don't say he was, he sounded pretty optimistic that the season would happen and that they had a number of contingency plans moving forward. I think did you get that same vibe or no? No, I did absolutely, and I think you have to be optimistic and plan. You have to plan best and worst case scenarios here, Steve. And you know what? It stinks that they end up losing the season. Here's the thing: maybe from the the Tucson and the Phoenix perspectives, things were pretty good. Uh, they were moving along pretty well, and and I want to compliment the Sugar Skulls for the job they've done in trying to support their community partners as well. Uh, you know, including them and a lot of of what they've been doing lately, but. The league as a whole, uh, you know, you know as well as I do that some teams are the strong and some teams are the weak, and it, but you have to act for the good of all. And my question, Steve, is going to be, okay, you're going to try to play an extended season next year, but how many of these teams can hang on through this? And indeed, this is not just indoor football, but all the leagues, minor leagues especially, teams that will not play, whether this summer or won't finish their seasons from the spring, um, you know, how does that affect them going forward are we going to see more franchises than usual drop off the map yeah no question i think that was one of the, the concerns i had yesterday when i was writing the story when i got the, the news sometime in the afternoon um they're losing money obviously this year because there's nobody going in to watch them right uh, ticket sales obviously will have to be refunded or or held out you're still paying salaries at least for a couple of people um, so how much money how many how much money are you going to be willing to lose in a season that's not going to happen and not just here everywhere uh, you saw that XFL is going to not play this year or anymore uh, maybe next year maybe not but they're already uh, declared for bankruptcy 
So it, a lot of things could go that way. Unfortunate as it is, um, it, it's curious, and I agree with you. How how high will this go? Major League Baseball has a ton of money. Football has a ton of money. NBA has a ton of money. At what point does ton of money end? Yeah, ex- exactly. And and there is a finite point. I mean, everybody's point will be different. But there's a finite point to it. So I'm sure that's something that, you know, we will be able to discuss for sure over the coming days, weeks and months, depending on how long all this stretches out. Yeah, let me give you a quick analogy. Uh, happened to my mom uh, um, about two or three, three, four years ago, maybe during some tough times not too long ago. She was outside of a bank doing her checks and, and stuff, and she came out, and some guy was very upset, very upset coming out of the bank, too, uh, very upset, very distraught, and he says, oh, man, I'm, I lost it all, and he was kind of crying, I lost it all, and uh, I don't have anything left, and she says, uh, what do you need, sir, here's 20 bucks, go have some lunch, and uh, here, I can help, and he says, ma'am, I just lost a few million, um, I don't have much left, I don't have many millions left, just to put that in perspective. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know what the so thing right. the thing is 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 you know like the, how how funny is it Steve and and sad not haha funny um that people in that station try to help and without knowing and yet the people with the millions and millions you know probably could be doing a little bit more right now. Some of them some of yeah. them are doing things, but yeah, yeah, yeah. not no all question. of them. It's all perspective. It's perspective. Sure. You know, I'm not a millionaire. I just act. I just act like one. Right. Um, so you know, it is what it is. Uh, we'll see what happens. I, I saw a story yesterday. Just to transition, I saw a note yesterday uh, from, um, and I think he's talked about this before. Former football coach Rich Rod talking about his chances or his time uh, at West Virginia when he turned down the job at Alabama, like in 2006, I think. And um, you know, hindsight being 2020, he wishes he would have taken that job, and maybe things would have been different. Uh, we can all probably agree that uh, Alabama wouldn't be Alabama as it stands today. But don't you kind of think back and say, "Oh, there are things I wish I would have done differently than what I'm doing now." And of course, he would have said, "You know, what? You know, are you are you distraught or not distraught?" But uh, in hindsight, do you wish you would have taken that job? What do you think he's going to say? No. Of course he's of course he's going to say that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that you, it's and Steve you know this as well as I do. Sometimes you have to ask the question just to hear the answer even though you know what it is. Oh, sure. Sure, no no question. No question. It's funny though I saw I heard that. I think he said that before. He said it maybe a couple of times, two or three times if not more and ESPN kind of sent it out and I'm thinking What's the news here? He he didn't take the job. He, he went to Michigan, didn't do well there, got fired there, then came here after a year, didn't do well here. And now, you know, of course he's going to say, I wish I would have taken that job. I think a lot of people who are divorced would have said, I wish I'd never married that person. Right. Yeah. <laughs> to put it in perspective, again, we all wish something else would have happened had it not gone, had it gone differently, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's just funny how things are. Um, it is what it is. I just found that to be interesting. I'm not sure why. He, if he would have been at Alabama, he never would have come to Arizona. Who, who knows? We all take courses of action that affects other things, and that was one of them for him. He didn't, he didn't take the job. He went to Michigan, didn't do well there, came here, didn't do well here, and now he's uh, unemployed. The butterfly effect. A lot of money. No question. Do you believe in that? 
Oh, absolutely I do. I've seen it in my own career, my own life play out, Steve. Jobs I've taken or not taken yes. led me to different circumstances and situations and things either worked out or didn't work out. But yeah, I can trace steps back to say, I wouldn't have been here if I'd have done this instead of doing that. Absolutely, I believe in that. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly believe in that. Sometimes when people say, oh, this or that, I, uh, well, I, I can't come up with an analogy right now, but if you would have taken a left turn here, taken a right turn here, how much different that would have been for you or whomever. Yeah. Um, it just is what it is. Hey, let's take a quick break while I stop rambling here and talk to Ed Vosberg on the other side. Is that cool? That works for me. Thank you, Tom. Hey, welcome back to Wine the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm your host, Steve Rivera. Now in with me is Ed Vosberg, former major leaguer. How are you, Ed? Hi, Steve. I'm doing really well. How are you doing? Fine, thank you. I always like having you on. You give me a different perspective on a lot of different things. Hey, I wanted to talk to you last week, as you know, but uh, let's talk real quick about this major league plan. Originally, it was having them come to Arizona get confined, play ball, no fans, just finish out the season in Arizona. Two days later or a few days later, they come out and say, maybe we do it in Florida and in Arizona for the remainder of the season and see what happens. What were your thoughts on that? You know, I just think in either any way they can get the season going, I mean, I'm okay with it. I, I You know, obviously it's not ideal, but – you know, there's some great um, facilities in Phoenix. I know a lot of uh, organizations have great um, new stadiums for spring training. The Diamondbacks have a really exceptional spring training stadium. The Cubs got a new one a few years ago. You know, I don't think it's a bad idea. I, I think it's sad um, that everything has come down to this. But, you know, I, I think everybody would just love to see baseball one way or the other. Yeah, no way. Uh, I think probably the last time you played in front of no fans must have been, I don't know, 12 years old, 10 years old? You know, and I, and I was telling somebody this the other day, we were talking about the Little League World Series, and, and, and I, I, I said that that final game, we had 30,000 people in, in, you know, in front of us. But, yes, we played many games as – in baseball with with nobody there i played games in the minor leagues with nobody there i mean that's you know, a yes. at, the, at, at yes. the university of arizona sometimes there was you know we played two o'clock games and sometimes there was nobody there so i mean it's we played for the love of the game and and i think i think all these major leaguers grew up loving the game and and you know they're they're all fulfilling a dream of being able to do it so yeah things have you know, it's kind of crazy what's going on, but we it's all about adapting and, and making the best of any situation. Yeah, no question. If they decide, this is hypothetical, if they, if they did this, uh, we're at May or April 15th, this tomorrow, and they said tomorrow, okay, we're going to go do this in mid-May or whatever, start the season, how long does it take for a player like you at that level to get ready for the season? Well, being a relief pitcher, it's not a big deal. I know all these guys are probably continuing to work out and throw. As a starting pitcher, it's different because you have to build up your pitch count. So I think that's a little bit different. You know, and I think the hitters are taking swings every day, preparing themselves, keeping themselves sharp. Obviously, they're not facing live pitching, but, you know, it's not going to take very long. I mean, they just went through a, a part of spring training, so I, I really don't think it'll be a big deal. 
No, I think people are probably overreacting to that more than anything. But uh, would you, having been a major league player for a long time, uh, you're you're more for playing than not playing and maybe just not sitting out for the year? I think I, I definitely would want to play. I mean, no, nobody wants to have your, your season canceled. You know, I'm a big golf fan. I was I was disappointed that the Masters got, you know, postponed. I'm hoping that they're still going to play it. I'm hoping they're still going to play all the majors. You know, same thing with tennis. I mean, I, I just love sports, period. That's one thing I miss is, is being turning on the television and watching something that's going on sports-wise. I mean, one thing I've enjoyed is, you know, I, I watch the Golf Channel and I'm watching – you know, old stuff about, you know, Ben Hogan and, and Arnold Palmer's story and all these things. It's interesting to learn all these things about old time players. And, but I still miss, I miss watching sports every day on television. And, you know, I just makes it, I think this is going to give us for sure a new appreciation of what we have. And, and I think hopefully, you know, people are not going to, you know, take, realize that material things are not important. It's about getting up every day, enjoying the things that we have, appreciating our family and friends, and just appreciating what we have. I just hope this this is definitely a serious wake-up call for us, and hopefully people are listening and, and realizing it. How are you handling all this besides missing the sports? Because, you know, I know all you guys, especially on Facebook now, because there's either doing two things, doing Zoom or on Facebook communicating with each other. So how are you handling this um, isolation? You know, I'm kind of a homebody myself. It hasn't been a huge deal to me. I do miss human interaction with people. I miss, you know, being able to go to a restaurant, having dinner with, with my kids and, and socializing, I do. I, I'm thankful that the golf courses are still open. I think Sabino Canyon. I've gone there a few times, and it's crazy how many people are there walking and exercising. And I'm thankful that, you know, I, I just don't like to see people live in fear. I know that we have to be careful. We have to take this thing serious. We have to keep our distance away from people. But there's no reason that people can't get out, go exercise, enjoy. Tucson is such a beautiful place. I mean, look at the weather that we have right now. I mean, I, I get up every morning, I go exercise, and I'm, I'm so thankful that I'm not in New York or I'm not in California. And, you know, we're, we're, we're very lucky to be right here in this beautiful city that we live in. Yeah, no question. I don't disagree with you. I, I probably need to end up walking with you at a six foot, seven foot distance. You probably appreciate that, me going with you, but staying away. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, the beauty about the game of golf is, I mean, you can go out and enjoy a, a round of golf and you don't really have to get any close to anybody if you don't want to. I mean, now they have all the, the pins that are that are in the that you don't you can't even take the pin out now you're really not supposed to so they've made a few adjustments as far as um you know the game and and i tell you what the, the parking lot every day at, at the golf course is full i was at the driving range on sunday hitting a couple balls i really never ever practice anymore i just play the driving range was packed i mean people are out uh playing and enjoying themselves and, I, and i'm thankful that the city has kept the golf courses open the only people or only things in on the golf course that I have to worry about me getting close to are the snakes and the <laughs> uh, the, the the whatever because my my golf balls don't go down the middle they go outside the range. 
You know, and, and really probably the only golf course then you probably have to worry about maybe is Fred Inc. because that's that's one of the only desert courses that I play. But, you know, the golf courses are all in great shape. And, and um, you know, Steve, I just hope that people will appreciate each other. They'll appreciate the family, that we won't take little things for granted. And, you know, I just hope that when this is all said and done that, you know, we'll just have an appreciation for the little things that we you know that we that we don't uh, take for granted. I know you have a son, uh, teenager son, who plays with some ball. Are you able to? What are you able to do in practice with him at all? What do you? Anything allowed? Even you internally? Know, been doing it. Unfortunately, I was very disappointed that um, his baseball team at St. Augustine were not able to practice um, at all. I've been doing stuff with him. We go to we go to Utah Park and we throw and we hit. Um, so it's it's nice to be able to still do that, but as far you know, we go and shoot hoops every now and then because um, you know once school is out, hopefully we're going to be able to he's going to be able to play summer basketball and summer baseball. So I'm just that's my hope is that he can resume. You know, he did miss out on his baseball season at St. Augustine. We actually got off to a really good start. I think we were we won four out of our first six games and we were doing okay and. You know, it was incredibly disappointing when they did cancel it. But, you know, life goes on. you got to make adjustments. And, you know, we're just – I know that the kids are all doing the online thing. I, I know it's really difficult for them. He just said to me yesterday he wishes he was back in school. But, you know, hopefully things will resume and, and um, we'll get things back to normal, you know, soon. Isn't it funny, or, or funny might not be the right word, but you have kids wishing that school was open, and I'm sure you have parents who say, I wish the school was open as well. I know. I think this has been a huge adjustment for everybody, just being home with your kids. And But, you know, it's a great opportunity to have family time and, and do the things that, you know, I remember growing up, I, I grew up with two older brothers. We used to eat dun- eat dinner together every night, and, and, I, and I, you know, you miss little things like that, and um, I know this has been good, I think, for, for some people. I think some people it hasn't been good. But, you know, it, 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 it should be good because we should get back to the way it should be, just appreciating each other, you know, and, and appreciating family. And the, just like I said, I keep saying this, but just the little things in life. I, 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 I just I'm thankful that, um, you know, I, my kids are healthy and I'm healthy and um that's just the bottom line. We just got to appreciate every day that we have, and I know you do. Let me let me ask you: Are you able to stick around for the second segment? Sure. Uh, yeah, I'd love to. Well, and let me and let me say that because I, at least I'll have you ready for this, and we can talk about other things uh, involving sports, uh, not so much uh, specific to you. But have you talked to any um, former teammates or buddies that have been in the league? What's the vibe going on now? Um, anything like that? You know, I think I haven't talked to a great deal of, of players, but I know a lot of the guys that, that I grew up playing with, we all feel the same way about things. I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed in the way the game has gone. You know, the fact that it's, it's a different game, I think, you know, you don't see players like Tony Gwynn. I just saw another stat today about Tony Gwynn. He faced, you know, Smoltz and Maddox and Pedro Martinez and and over 300 at-bats, and they only struck him out in over 300 at-bats three times. You just don't see players like that anymore that take pride in, 
in putting the ball in play. They they all strike out 150 times a year. You know, they don't really care about, you know, trying to move the runner over when a guy's on second base and nobody out. That That's baseball to me is doing all the little things. You know, pitchers changing speeds like the Greg's Maddox of the world. And, you know, we had our own Trevor Hoffman who made the Hall of Fame. And, and Trevor never threw hard. He, was, uh, he had the great changeup. It's just the game has changed a lot. And, and for me, it's not necessarily better. Who uh, who would who did you want to play with or see that you didn't, and who would you pay to see? You know, I I missed playing with Nolan Ryan twice. Uh, Nolan Ryan was with the Texas Rangers right before I got there, and I was really disappointed. And then when I went over to the Houston Astros, he was there as well. I did get a chance to meet him. He actually played a golf tournament that he sponsored every year and he was gracious enough to fly me there from tucson to play in this golf tournament and it was really it was really a lot of fun i got a chance to meet his son reese who actually worked for the rangers um he is one but i i would have loved to have been around nolan ryan day in and day out because that guy had the reputation of being an incredible tireless worker uh, he was a legit 100-mile-an-hour pitcher back in the day when nobody threw 100. Now, nowadays, everybody throws 95 or whatever. But, you know, I, that's one guy I would have loved to uh, to been around. I also would have loved to see, you know, Ted Williams day in and day out because, I mean, there was a guy that was a power hitter that hit 400, the last guy to ever hit 400. So those are probably two guys I, I wish I could have maybe played with or, or saw play regularly. Yeah, and just real quick, maybe about twenty seconds. Who would you pay to play to see today? Today, I, I I'm a big Mike Mike Trout fan. I think he's kind of an old school guy. He's a guy that you know he he's a three hundred hitter with power. I I would pay to see him. I think he's one of the rare five tool guys that you know that could hit, run, throw, throw, and hit for power, hit for average. So I would probably say him. Okay. Hey, hey, we'll come back after the break here and talk more about maybe local sports, U of A sports that you love. I know you do. Come back here on 1030 The Voice. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm your host, Steve Rivera, and in with me is my guy, Mr. Ed Vosberg. Ed, uh, so I know you're a, I don't know if you're a diehard U of A guy. Um, I don't know that because I just don't know, but you probably are. Um, Tell me, what what do you think about the football team, the basketball team, baseball team, stuff like that? Well, I tell you, Steve. You know what I was really got excited about was Arizona women's basketball. I went to some game. I had never been to an Arizona women's game until this year. I had a friend that had season tickets, and 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 I, she invited me to a few games. Um, but I tell you what, they are incredibly exciting. Erin McDonald is incredible. I I watched that girl and. She is fearless. I, I love watching it. The fans that go to those games, they, they love the girls. And it, it was disappointing to see, you know, obviously the fact that the season got canceled. You know, I love the men as well. Nico Mannion actually played um, with my my brother's grandson, Tyson Legner, who goes uh, – to high school in Phoenix. So my brother's been telling me about Nico for four years now, and he kept saying how great he was, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I got to see Nico, and I was like, yeah, Nico really is a real deal. 
I, you know, it disappoints me the one and done thing. I, I you know, I, I, I think Nico's going to be great. I think Zeke's going to be really well, do really well in the NBA. They're not ready to play now, and 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 the other guy that left as well, he's not ready. It just, it, it's just so hard to see them get any rhythm as a team when you see these guys go for one year and then they leave. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you. Back in the day, because um, you're a little bit older than me, I think, you could just go, and you could still go, if you signed out of high school and stuff like that, you chose not to, you came to U of A. Um, would you have, had you given the chance? Well, I, I got drafted out of high school. I, I got drafted in the third round by the St. Louis Cardinals, and you know, I really wanted to play professional baseball. I really, I, I was not, you know, a, a great student. I, I did what it, what I needed to do in school, um, but I wanted to enjoy the college life, and and I was thankful that Jerry Kendall recruited me. Jim Wing, I knew when I was 12 years old because I played with his son Mark. I knew I wanted to be a Wildcat. I was I was excited to get drafted out of high school, but I knew that I, I I knew professional baseball how much of a grind it was. I can't imagine going and playing professional sport out of high school like some of these guys, like the Kobe and the you know the LeBron. LeBron was a man when he was you know twelve years old, but I, I can't even imagine doing it out of high school. I mean, I, I I signed after my senior year in college. I got drafted as a junior as well, but. You know, when I was 21, I was ready. I know when I was 17, I was not ready. Yeah, no question, no question. And I know on Facebook, you, you do a lot of defending of the athletes um, in terms of negativity, that people really don't know what they go through, uh, the pressures that they put on themselves. I, am I accurate by saying that? Well, I think, you know, sports are tough. I mean, when you get to the college level, um, you know, when you have a reputation like Arizona does as being, you know, one of the elite programs in the country, which they are, but people don't realize how tough it is. I mean, you know, and, and one thing I, 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 I like Sean Miller and it bothers me that people criticize him as much as they do. I, I am a firm believer that, you know, the coach can only do so much. I, I think that I played for some great coaches, you know, Tony LaRusso, Jim Leland. I played for Terry Francona. And, you know, I, and I played for some bad ones as well. I wasn't a fan of Buck Walter, and I was not a fan of Larry Boa. I think coaches get too much credit. I think Phil Jackson, you know, he won 11 championships or whatever, but he had Kobe and Shaq and Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. And, you know, and then you look at, you know, some of the other great coaches. You're only as good as your players, but the players are the ones that have to play. They have to make the free throws. They have to hit the ball with, with two outs and bases loaded. You know, and the manager can't do it. All the manager can do is encourage you and put you in a position to succeed. And I think Terry Francona is one of the best that I've ever been around as far as letting his players play and really encouraging them, you know, getting on him when he needed to. And, and Terry was a master, and so was, so was Jim Leland, and, and so was Tony LaRussa. And that's why Tony, I think, had some championships. And, I mean, if you look at, you know, you look at Belichick, Belichick was never considered a good coach until he got to New England and he got Brady. And then you look at, um, you look at Joe Torre. Joe Torre was not considered a good manager when he until he got to New York and, and won four championships with the with the Yankees. You got to have the players, but the players have to play. 
Yeah, no question. I think you hit a phrase there that I totally agree with and totally like is you have to, to let the players play. They're playing at yeah. their best when they enjoy to play and they're playing as a group. And there's that um, uh, yin and yang with players. The, you, you know, you, you were on those type of teams. You're having fun. You're enjoying the moment and you're winning some games. You know, and I think Dusty Baker to me has been a he's, he's a great coach. He's a great um, players coach. And Dusty has always got criticized, you know, because his teams didn't win. Well, again, you know, Dusty can only put the guys out there. They got to play. It'll be interesting to see because, you know, he's going to be the new manager of the Houston Astros. And I think it's a great situation. I think Dusty, if anybody can walk in there and get the Astros, because the Astros have some talent, obviously, or they wouldn't have won. Yeah, did they do the, some some things that were wrong by going to the extreme cheating that they did? But they do have some talent, you know, Altuve and, and those players that they have are great players. But Dusty, I think, is an exceptional manager. He was one of my I played for the Giants when he was a coach. He was one of my favorites. And it, there's no there's no question in my mind there's a reason why Dusty at his age has come back because he's, he's, he's a great people person, just like a, just like a Terry Francona. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to kind of go back. We talk about this every now and again when you're on the show. But you're one of the four people, I guess, who won the World Series as a little leaguer. Uh, another one as a college World Series guy, college player, and a, and a major league player. Uh, so tell me. Well, actually, let me ask you. You don't have to There's tell me because guys, in today's right? world, who knows? Uh, three guys. Okay. So do you did you get a ring when you were in little league? What'd you get for that? Well, we you know that we lost, but we did play in the final game. We 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 lost to Taiwan, and then Taiwan the next year uh, was suspended from playing because of this discrepancy of the age of the kids. Which I you know I'm a firm believer those kids were not 11 and 12, but we did finish second. <laughs> but my my big little league story with with Taiwan was, you know they beat. Uh, two other teams before they beat us. They beat a team from Germany, 18 to nothing. They beat a team from Tampa, 27 to nothing. And then we held them to, it was a 0-0 game going into the fourth inning. And our pitcher hurt his arm, Mike Fimbers. Uh, he, he shut him out for three innings, which nobody, you know, because he had the great curveball. They couldn't hit it. You know, then when he hurt his arm and we brought in this other kid, Mike Martinez, who didn't have a good breaking ball, they crushed him. They scored 12 runs in three innings off of, you know, I think a few runs off of Fimbers and then the rest off of Mike Martinez. But they threw three no-hitters in the tournament. One of them was a perfect game. So, I mean, but we, we basically fared really well against everybody else that we played. I mean, we won 12 games before that to get to that final game against Taiwan, um, it was just unfortunate that, you know, it didn't work out. But I I feel like it's pretty good accomplishment, the best team in the United States that year we were. What what position did you play? I'm sure you threw. I I was was actually our second pitcher, and I pitched. We basically alternated. Mike would pitch, and then I would pitch, and we both played first base, so whenever – I pitched, uh, he played first, and whenever he pitched, I played first. So it was it was a really good situation. I I batted fifth in the lineup. I was an 11-year-old. I think we had um, all of our players were 11 except uh, our catcher, who was he was an 11-year-old too. But everybody else was 12. So I was an 11-year-old. And then my, my little league team the following year, 
we we were two wins away from making it back to Williamsport, which that would have been incredible going back to back. Um, but we ended up losing in California to a team from California. But uh, it was a great run, and then obviously, you know, I was fortunate enough to play on that U of A team when I was a freshman, and we went to the World Series, and and we ended up losing our first game and winning five games in the losers bracket. Uh, you know, Craig Lefferts was great, and Francona was Player of the Year, and you know, we we uh, we just had our our, our reunion, and, and I saw a bunch of guys uh, at the U of A you know, back in, in uh, February, and it was great to see Wes Clements and Jeff Stanley and Jeff Morris and uh, Ronnie Quick came back, and, and it was really good to see all the guys. And, uh, you know, we've all aged a little bit, but but it was just really good to reminisce about the old days. And I'm sure as you get older, the stories get better. They do get better, and, you know... Um, you know, it's hard. It just makes you realize how difficult it is to, to, to go. I mean, think about it. We've had a great basketball program at the U of A, and they've only won one time. And that it's interesting that it was 1997, which is the year my Florida Marlins team won. It's really difficult to win. And, you know, I do feel bad for our football program. I think, you know, we had great coaches, Dick Tomey, Larry Smith. And, you know, we had some really, really good coaches along the way. And, you know, that year that Dick told me, uh, I think we were 12-1. and one. The next year we go to play Penn State and, and lose in the first game. But it's difficult. I think we're yeah. the only team that's never won a Rose Bowl. Um, but, you know, I, I hope that they can get it together and, and, you know, somehow our football program can be as good as our basketball program. And, you know, our baseball program has always been pretty steady. You know, many people in this town, especially since I joined the show, tell me the one thing before they die, they got to get to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, you know, and, and it's difficult because we got to compete against the California schools to get the California players, and you got USC, UCLA, and Oregon is, is a great program. You look at the Washington schools. It's difficult. We're playing against some really, really good college football teams, and, you know, Stanford's always decent, and, you know, even Cal. It's it's just difficult, but you know it, what's disappointing to me is you see a kid like Bijan Robinson who went to, who went to South Point, and it, it would be it, it's sad that U of A can't get the, the best players in Tucson. They ended up going, you know, I think he's going to Texas, and I I couldn't wait to be a Wildcat. I wanted to stay home and 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 play in front of family and represent my my city, which is where I grew up. I wish the other kids in Tucson felt the same way. Yeah, no question. Hey, Ed, I appreciate your time. Good to hear from you. Stay safe. I know. I love, I love being on the show. And, um, you know, it's, hopefully we're going to get this virus. We're going to get it under control. We can get back to, uh, you know, enjoying sports and enjoying life. I need a lunch at Sauce. I just need a lunch at Sauce. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it this weekend. <laughs> oh, I guess we can't do it this weekend. Okay. We'll have to, we'll have no, to we wait can't. a little bit. Yes. Thanks a bunch, Ed. Take care. All right. Take care. Hey, we'll Steve. come back here on the other side of. Uh, thank you, Ed. We'll come back on the other side here at ten thirty. The Voice. Hey, welcome back to I and the Ball here on ten thirty. The Voice. I'm your host, Steve Rivera. Good to talk to Mr. Ed Vosberg. Tom, uh, you've never met him. I don't think you were here when he came into the studio, or he's been on the show a few times. 
I have not met him, although I am a huge baseball fan, so I know that I would remember had I met him, and I would have made him tell me too many yeah. stories before he left. Right, right. Hey, I need to say, I know you opened the show with this, with the news segment, but I would be remiss if I did not say um, I'm very upset or very sad to, to know that uh, one of my good friends passed away yesterday. He was a sponsor of my show, uh, Dino Chonis, and the family, the Chonises, what a great group. They uh, own Tino's Pizza. He passed away yesterday, and I'm thinking, oh, man, wow, this is a sad time. This is just a crazy time, unbelievable time, and I really appreciate the Chonis family for supporting my show. Uh, they've, they've been great friends for a long time. When I started at the Citizen in 87, I sat in the front row on the floor um, for 20-some years covering the basketball team, and they had seats right behind me, and uh, his dad, Gus, and, and Sheila, and all the group, group back there became my friends because they would just, you know, hey, what's going on? What's going on? What's really going on? Can you give me a box score? Stuff like that in the front row. And we became friends, and they were a sponsor on my show. So I'm very, very saddened to hear that Dino, who was very, a very good guy and well-loved, uh, passed yesterday. So the condolences to the family. And Steve. Uh, and I know you did the... Uh, did the promo earlier. Yes, I do want to, to mention, and anyone who wants to share a story, a memory, a note with the family, um, they have said right now in lieu of a memorial service, they are inviting folks down to uh, the, the pizza parlor and encouraging them to write something on the wall. Uh, they've dedicated a wall of the building to his memory, and they say everyone is welcome to come down. Whoever wants to share whatever they want to share share if it's a picture if, if they want to leave a note or whatever so the wall is there for them and uh and hopefully folks are able to do that and, and help share some of those stories that i mean like you steve you have stories of of you know wonderful times with them and and hopefully folks get to share and 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 have some happy memories uh, around uh what is a difficult time yeah no no question this year has been just this year, and it's only been, what, three months into it, three full months into it, has just been unbelievable. Beyond belief. Uh, in fact, when all this started, someone said, um, you could not write a story for Hollywood that would be this crazy. They'd send it back and say, this is crazy. We can't do this. And it's funny, at the end of 2019, we were talking about <laughs> how much we hated 2019. And boy, can this year just leave us alone. But we didn't know this was coming. 2020 saying, hold my beer. Let's, let's get this done. It's just unbelievable. It really I is. It's not a joke. It, it's just sad. It's I just know. like, I'll top 2019. Uh, it's, 2019, you know, I'll take your wallet too. Yeah, it's, it, 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 you got to laugh, otherwise you're going to cry. You know what I mean? It just, it, we're in such a yeah. strange place. It's just been unbelievable. Yeah. So many friends affected we're affected uh, it's just unbelievable hell I'm doing a show from my uh, from my sh house and uh, you're there and we're doing a lot of things from the house and everyone's somewhere in their house uh, if they're if they're lucky enough to have a house it's just unbelievable yeah and that uh, we'll see we'll be stronger once this is once this is over you know, it, it's it's funny. I've been reading different things and of course you know I'm a hockey guy and listeners probably by now have figured out I'm a hockey guy um, 
it's interesting to see some of the guarded optimism some of the major leagues are putting out. Uh, one of the the uh, board of governors, uh, or the I should say the governor for the Edmonton Oilers, said he's optimistic and they really want to finish the NHL season. Haven't heard as much from the NBA. We know about Major League Baseball's plan to maybe try to finish in Phoenix or start in Phoenix, or will they split it between you know the the Grapefruit and the Cactus League locations? Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to figure all this out, Steve, because there's there's so many what ifs, you know, and, and I don't even think you could possibly consider restarting a season right now with fans like that has to be off the table. One would imagine. I, I imagine if they do any sport plays any games in the near, I don't know, six months, eight months. I just can't imagine spectators. No question. I think we talked about this a little last week. I'm thinking if they're made available to the fans, who's going to go? How much confidence do you have? I mean, I'm sure there are going to be people that go, but man, what's that analogy? The canary in the cave or canary in the coal mine out? You crazy? Yeah. Canary in the coal mine. Yeah. Um, You mean it's, it's, would you? No, no, I would watch it on TV. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's a simple answer to be safe and, heck, let somebody else do it if they want to do it. It's just crazy. It's crazy. And other people will. Trust me. There are people out there who are still of the mindset, you can't tell me how to live my life. I'm going to do what I want. Uh, but you know what? This whole thing about staying home and, and non-necessary travel and all that, that's what you have to do. That's what we all have to do if we're going to knock this thing down, beat it into submission, at least until we get a vaccine for it. Yeah, no question. And who knows when that's going to happen? What are we, eight, mid-April? Uh, people are hopeful for maybe May-ish some point. Um, well, I guess we'll know when we know and just everybody continue to be diligent in what they do. And eventually we'll get there. I mean, we have no choice but to be patient and to be diligent. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so I, I want to, here, let me but steer this. It, it, go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. No, no, no. I think uh, you, you had talked about the subject you wanted to talk about, and it's funny, and I'll let you talk about it, uh, but uh, we've come to a, a year, 2020, when things are berserk and upside down almost. ASU's recruiting is doing better than U of A. Arizona State is on fire. It was a bad day to be Michigan because they lost their five-star forward commitment, Isaiah Todd, and they lost Josh Christopher to Arizona State. Now, UCLA was supposed to be one of the front runners for the top 10 senior, but Josh Christopher has announced his commitment to Arizona State. Uh, that was yesterday, and Arizona State has now landed former Ohio State guard Luther Muhammad as a transfer. So Arizona State looks really, really good right now, in the Pac-12, uh, Steve, I didn't think I would see a day where I'm looking at Arizona State going, huh, they might be in the contention for one of the best teams in the Pac-12 next year, whenever this nebulous concept of next year tips off. Yeah, no question. It's funny, I, I agree with you. There's one factor, one, one issue. If you have a coach who cannot coach the talent, what does it matter in having the talent? Um, I'll say that. And, and I just saw now on the wire that uh, Kentucky lost its fourth guy to the NBA, uh, who declared to the NBA. And, and, and I said this to other people, and I don't know if they're listening at all now, but these kids who go to Kentucky, they go to Duke and some of them come here, they're not getting 
better here to become NBA players. They're NBA players just here for a year to get out of here and go somewhere else, and that would be the NBA. I mean, come on, you're not getting NBA worthy in a year or five months, six months. You're just not. You're already worthy of the NBA, or at least worthy that the NBA thinks you're worthy, you're good enough. And you know what? That's an interesting perception and an interesting difference and distinction that I think people sometimes fail to make. Just because you think you're ready, just because they think you're ready, I don't think, with rare exception, rare exception, are you at 18 years old, ready for the physical and mental grind of an 80-plus game season, and I'm including now, we're talking 90 with preseason and playoffs, or 100. You're not ready for that. And and one year of college basketball doesn't change anything when you get to 19 years old. I don't think until you really get into your early 20s and you begin to understand, and that is what college basketball should be, but now we're seeing that the NBA has this developmental league. Now that there's a G League, that's what it's going to become for these young guys who say, I'm just going to go play pro. For the Isaiah Todds of the world who right now can't go to the NBA but are going to explore pro options. That eventually, well, actually, Todd could play in the G League next year, I guess. Yeah, no question. And you have a lot of guys here at U of A who have jumped and never made it, right? Or played a couple cups because they weren't they weren't ready in in the D League or G League. No, they definitely weren't ready. I mean, when uh, Stanley Johnson declared what three uh, about four or five years ago, uh, he was at this press conference, and I and I asked him a, a kind of a funny, tough question. Sean was right next to him. I said, "Stanley, do you you know that it's a man's league, right?" And he looked at me like, you know, shut the hell up, Steve. And Sean gave me a smile, like, "Good question." Because it is. If you're not ready, you're not going to be. You're not going to make it. And Stanley was good enough, obviously, body scoring. How long he has left, who knows? How long he has left, who knows? The guys that were ready when they were younger that I know are Mike Bibby. He had what it took. His dad was an NBA guy. Uh, he kind of knew the lifestyle, even though he was estranged from his father. Gilbert Arenas, of course. Uh, Richard Jefferson, who had been here three years. Um, and there are others, of course. Uh, recently, you know, Grant Jarrett left thinking he was. Not even a chance. Um, uh, chance Comancy, what, what in the world is he thinking? Who's telling him this stuff? There have been a lot more. I don't know if there's been a lot more misses than hits, but they've been pretty close in the same. Some have made it, some have not. Raleigh Hawkins, who everybody loved here and was a phenomenal athlete. Uh, last I checked, he's not even in the G League, I think. I could be wrong with that. So we all have this uh, grand illusion of who we are, but it's not who you think you are. It's what other people think you are, especially if you're in the NBA. Well, I think sometimes, Steve, not only for the player, but also as posse, the dollar signs in the eyes sparkle brighter and, and cloud the vision of what you are and what you're ready for. And look, it's not just physical. It's mental. I mean, when you're a teenager, and we all know this, those of us who are no longer teenagers, you think differently in your 20s and your 30s and your 40s. You grow. You mature. Everything changes for you. And I I have a hard time believing that any, any exception but one in a million 18-year-olds is ready mentally to handle the life of a professional athlete. No question. Wait, I have to write that down. Sparkle in your eye, but uh, clouded your vision. I got to write that down. Hey, uh, fortunately, we have it recorded. It'll be in the podcast later on, so (laughs) you can can just pick it up there. I'll have to... I'll have to go through 57 minutes to get to that gem. Nice. (laughs) I've never been afraid of words, Steve. (laughs) 
Yes, yes, uh, Sparkle, uh, Clouded Vision. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Uh, so, hey, good show. I'm glad I had Ed on. Tomorrow I'm going to have uh, a couple of people on, I think, uh, for another show. And then Thursday I have another guest. Um, tomorrow will be Wing It Wednesday with uh, with J.G. Escabel at uh, Wings Over Broadway. So a good deal there, 10 wings for 10 bucks and a soda. Um, looking forward to the show tomorrow um, and see what happens. I mean, every day is a different day and we have news coming out of everywhere. Um, even non-sports days, non-sports related. So that's why we have uh, sports people on the show. And so much crosses over, Steve. It's always worth tuning in because you know what? Sports can be a metaphor for life, but it can go the opposite way too. Yes, sports. Uh, give me the metaphor tomorrow, Mr. Uh, crystal in my eye and clouded in my future or whatever. Man, I'm going to be up all night now, future. Steve, thinking of a new one for you. <laughs> okay, Hemingway. Good luck with that. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Tom. Hey, hey, good show today. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.